Thrones on the Table, a podcast about board games, card games, and tabletop war games. Hey, it's Chase from On the Table Gaming, and welcome to episode 54 of the On the Table Gaming podcast. And today we're going to be talking about the Stark situation. Now, with version 1.4, we saw some dramatic changes to the House Stark playstyle, especially in regards to the use of direwolves. And so we're bringing on two Stark players. Greg Young and Chris from Mythico Studios, who's streaming every Thursday at 7.30 Eastern Standard Time on Twitch TV, to talk about how this Stark situation uh, has really affected their play style and uh, maybe some of their concerns they have about how Stark in general at this time. So thanks, guys, for coming on the podcast, and I think it's about time we talk about the Stark situation. Oh, Yeah. So, Chris, I know you've been somewhat vocal in our local chat talking about it and that you are a big Stark player. This has been, I don't want to say bittersweet because there might not be a sweet side to it, but I maybe just bitter. I don't know. What's your, like, you know, your general mood coming into this about the Starks in 1.4? You know, it, initially when everything dropped, I was, you know, I, I had a, a moment of uh, definitely a little bit of anger as I kind of went through all the rules and kind of tried to kind of assimilate and figure out how this was going to affect Stark. And uh, I definitely was not happy at the beginning of, of the, the 1.4 drop just because I think um, without going too in depth right this second, um, I believe the whole philosophical kind of uh, the philosophical makeup of Stark as playing as Stark was kind of attacked with this, uh, <laughs> with this, uh, yeah, with these game modes drops. And, and the, the weirdest thing is I don't have any problem with the game modes themselves or the changes, but, and even some of the things that I'm going to be calling nerf, let's not get crazy. I'm just using that as a word. <laughs> I know, I know. Can we have is, it? Where can they direct yeah, their hate mail? Can we? <laughs> I know, right. Um, but I'm going to use the word nerf, but things that I perceive as a nerf, um, even in a vacuum, those things aren't, uh, that big of a deal but when you put it all together in this drop in the 1.4 game mode drop i think starks took a really 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 massive hit and i think uh i'm just you know i'm i'm trying to figure it out just okay. like everyone else <laughs> so like on a scale of like ned getting beheaded at the end of season one or like just season eight in general where are we uh, on that spectrum you think you know i'm i'm at a, a six or a seven and the okay. only reason i'm not in nuclear is because i think <laughs> there are some interesting options opening up for Stark because of these changes. But I also think, like I said, that philosophically as a faction, the way they were presented as a faction and how we were told they would play has kind of been chopped up. And uh, yeah, I'm not, not, not too thrilled about it to say the least. And then maybe to offer some, yeah. a little bit of a counterpoint here, uh, Greg, just your kind of initial reactions to the Stark situation. They're not quite season eight bad, but they're, uh, they're definitely hanging out there in season seven. Oh, okay. So <laughs> we're going to have to wait and see what the next season, maybe 1.5 is the next season. We'll see what it brings. No. Um, don't, don't say 1.5 is season 8 please, <laughs> yeah, oh, no, please no. it won't be it won't be don't tell me that 1.5 they wrote in like two days I'm pretty sure they've spent more time on 1.5 than they have on C they did on season 8 so they've mm -hmm. been working on that for a long time for Simon <laughs> so we're waiting hopefully it comes out soon mm -hmm. yeah all right, so so the 1.4 update, uh, one of the first things that came up was uh, when I talked to Fabio too was the new tournament rules and points and they had three, point uh, three points is a win, two points for a tie, one point for a loss, zero points for a concession. And uh, then they had these secondary points. 
that went into these margins of victory. And you could end up getting a ranking basically of, uh, let's see, crushing victory was if you beat your opponent by more than four points. I think it's what a standard uh, victory if it's uh, three. Uh, three, oh, to three to five, three to four, zero to two, three to five, uh, four and five plus, I believe. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, does the scoring for uh victory, does that have any impact on how Stark? Uh, I mean, I'm going to be honest. I don't feel that it does that much. Um, in, in the, the regard that in as many tournaments as we hosted at Mythicos so far, and, and from what I've read from other places, obviously I haven't been there myself. Um, a lot of the games are so close anyways, that you're not going to see a whole lot of the three, four, five plus win loss, uh, or win, I should say, uh, gaps where you're going to be getting these, uh, crazy, crazy amounts of secondary points kind of like skewed um so i don't know you know it's it almost makes me wonder if that form of secondary points makes more sense than the ones that we had before with like units destroyed and stuff because if you have so many close games uh you know i, I want to keep the specific to stark but it, you know I, I think stark plays so close no matter what they can come from way behind they can roll tables but i think if you look at it just at two competitive players playing it against each other usually you're not going to see more than a three to four point margin so mm -hmm. I, I i agree with all i, of I could that. see i could see that it both ways though hard. you know go ahead greg i agree with all of that especially when it comes to starks one of the the, the dark horse things that starks can do is just and, you know, on the, the bottom or the next to bottom round, just go, I'm going to go mop up three or four of your units. I can't, I can't win this game, but I can only lose this game by one point. They're really good at that because they don't yeah. just rely on playing objectives to win. They can also just go kill a couple of units off, not care that a Berserker unit's going to die because they're going to tie the game up or bring it to be a lot closer, which is going to kind of negate some of this margin of victory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's a really good point. In the On the Table Discord, Brett uh, Lampier has been tossing around that idea of how far can he get a unit to move in uh, a single activation. And I think he's got it up to like <laughs> 21 inches in free move. Yeah, I've, I've actually, I've done this on the table. <laughs> oh, God. And it's My, like, you know, that, that's the farthest I've ever gotten a Zerker unit was something like 41 um oh, good that does also require um hitting them with the maneuver zone yep yeah but so i mean you know so they can they have a crazy strike range and some of that stuff you know there's nothing more terrifying than a single berserker model in a tray somewhere on the battlefield where you're like oh no that yeah. one guy i would argue not not anymore oh <laughs> uh, yeah uh, uh. Too, too soon. Um, too soon. Too soon. <laughs> so, you know, and I guess kind of don't want to jump into this then, this whole idea now that, uh, you know, so sure, the Starks are great at, like, killing stuff, right? So they're going to be able to generate generate victory points. But now the Direwolves are are leashed with this new rule in which um, they are worth a victory point. <sighs> and that's when kind of the biggest source of, you know, uh, of pain for a lot of Stark players um yeah we just had ben from blitz minis on the last episode and he was saying eh 
like you know they're 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 annoying enough that they should be worth a victory point um because they can get in your flank and they can do a lot of damage you know what what do you think um i i really want ben to send me these dire wolves he's playing with that are doing all (laughs) yeah right (laughs) he's gonna get a box of dire wolves heads you know (laughs) i'll take it because my dire wolves if they don't just die on round one or two because i'm maneuvering them and using the stall activations my opponent is removing that piece it's also the easiest piece to remove I'm, i'm i'm rolling two to you know two plus d3 hits maybe and i'm getting like two and I'm like, okay, and then I'm in your side. So I have this minus one, and look, you passed it on a four plus anyways. Oh, it's okay, because we'll do the panic test. Oh, wait, you passed that too, and my wolf did nothing. Hmm. Yeah, I, I just yeah. think I, it was an interesting to listen to Ben talk about, you know, Shaggy Dog, you know, hitting you in the rear and stuff. And I agree, if you get Shaggy Dog in the rear, it's going to suck, and you're going to lose a lot of, you know... <laughs> <laughs> wounds to morale but right. you're talking about a circumstance that i think in and i look at everything from a competitive competitive perspective if that happens a lot of times it's because the player allows that to happen i've never seen shaggy dog swing around uh unchecked <laughs> in a competitive game um and just you know kind of go about doing what he does and the fact remains there's so many things that keep getting added to the game to negate uh negative morale um and unless you're you know lannister i guess but um, <laughs> uh well i mean guard captains shot man <laughs> hey man it's only it's it. only in order so they've been getting it since <laughs> kickstarter days yeah no uh, actually uh, side, side note i played uh neutral two days ago and playing against lannister sucks when they only have guard captain attachments um, <laughs> oh man i vividly uh, remember my first game when i had my lannister guardsman with my little guard captain and I was playing against Josh and he was just all over me doing all these crazy maneuvers, hitting me in the flanks. And I was just out of position over and over again, but I'd be like, Oh, but it's an order. I'm going to, I got that for this, this uh, round and mm-hmm. uh, just crushing him with Lannister supremacy, supremacy right when we were both like totally unskilled. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was just like, ah, oh, I kind of like Lannisters. Maybe I will stick with them. Oh man. Still such a good ability. <laughs> really is but now you know as you get more experience you can learn to play around it of course Um, but But, you know i think with shaggy dog one of the things that wasn't mentioned in that initial discussion with ben is that uh you don't just take shaggy dog right uh shaggy dog is free but you have to take rickon and rickon himself is a liability of giving up an additional victory point especially with neutral heroes 2 coming out oh yeah and jack and hagar ken if he rolls a six just instantly kill Rickon. He can instantly kill Joffrey. So I don't know if we're going to see a lot of competitive Kingsguard for a and, while. And in two activations, Walder can, you know, kill a dog. And I don't, I, I just, I am not in, in the school of thought that spending two activations to cause two wounds to a unit to get a VP is not worth it. I don't think that's a wasted activation at all. I mean, in a game where so many of, of my games that I've played have come down to one or two points. That's amazingly huge. It's like getting free points. I mean, and for me, you chase, you bring up like the, the biggest kind of philosophical problem with what has happened with dogs becoming one VP. Cause in a vacuum, I really believe that it's not that big of a deal. And casually, I don't think it's that big of a deal, but now you have these two specific attachments that are just in a very, very awkward place. You have Rickon and Osha, and you have uh, Bran and Hodor. 
Brandon Hodor always seems so great, but you know, you're rolling a D three. We've all rolled that one on Brandon Hodor before, you know, uh, Hodor, the actual, uh, the ability is really great, but now you're talking about spending three points in a Stark list where Stark's units are already very, very expensive overall. Um, and with Rickon, you're spending two, but you're also slapping another VP as part of his, you know, whole package. Right. So you're talking about two extra VP there, one extra VP on Brandon Hodor. Now you're talking about a very, very awkward state of trying to list build. And from a competitive perspective, it's very hard to justify taking those two attachments, um, either individually or both in one list, and also placing their dogs on the table and being like, well, this is worth it because I can just burn one activation again i'm looking at it from a competitive standpoint i am never ever ever going to say that burning one activation is going to be worth a vp when these games are just so unbelievably close i mean you're talking about 10 total especially mm -hmm. playing a mode like game of thrones where you have five you know vps on the table starting second round every turn take I mean, it starts adding up quick. You know, how many yeah. games, you know, have you had, have you guys had in Game of Thrones that end in three, four rounds, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it's for me, it's a philosophical, philosophical issue where we're looking at these attachments and then we're looking at what Stark is. Stark wants to play with mobility. Uh, you know, they want to have a balanced list. You want to have some, some, you know, some, uh, some great axes, but maybe also some sworn swords. And you want to try to balance it out so you've got a lot of mobility and a lot of, you know, hitting hard. Now we're getting to this place where Stark is going both ways in the opposite direction. And people who have heard this argument from me are going to hear a big rehashing, but you're getting these super elite Stark lists, which are very good. Don't get me wrong. They're good. If, you ever, if anyone's come across the double uh, Cav Tully list yet, oh. it's good. <laughs> um, and then you have these kind of like spammy you know, five, six sworn swords with one to two point attachments, most of which are neutral attachments, um, which is another issue that I know Greg agrees with me on. <laughs> but yeah, you and I were yeah. talking about this, I think it was yesterday, where, and we were actually talking, we can bring this back around to Brandon Hodor, is, yeah, he adds a D3 for three points, but there's, what, three two-point attachments that I have access to that just give me two dice. Yeah. And with Sharks hitting on threes a lot of the time, I'd rather pay one less point to add the two dice to get the same statistically average number of additional hits than paying three points for Brandon Hodor and getting a wolf that's going to give a free VP. So yeah. is this a situation where um, maybe it's not a question of the the wolves being worth one VP, but maybe also a or just a talk about the attachments they come with are too expensive? Definitely. You know, I if mean, they if those were cheaper, yeah. would the VP on the wolf not make as big a deal, or is really most of the things you're saying still holding true? And it's irregardless of the fact that the attachment is a three point attachment for Brandon Hoder that is now kind of bringing a a liability. I mean, I think it definitely would help, but at the same time, then you look at the wolf as a solitary unit, and it has two wounds. It's not going to be able to hold in combat against anything. And when I know people will say, well, that's not the point. You shouldn't be running your wolves in for, you know, to hold a point and then, you know, it gets charged by something. It's usually dead anyways. But, you know, in a world where, um, you know, an entire army gets insignificant <laughs> free folk or uh, <laughs> get five wounds on a giant to hold a point, you know, why did the... I would call it the, the double wombo combo nerf of one VP 
end the whole rank system, which I, you know, like I said, in a vacuum, uh, the new contesting rules, awesome. Uh, VP to Wolf, not bad. You put it together in one package, now we have a problem. Because Especially it's, with the expensive um, attachments that the wolves are attached to. Yeah. It just seems like so much of a counterintuitive nerf to the playstyle of Stark players. And, you know, it's it's kind of a moot point because I, I, I've argued this before. You know, I'm just looking at it from the perspective of what people are telling me and what I see in my meta. But I am not seeing Starks run the table in my tournaments. I'm not seeing Starks run the table, um, you know, in on our tables at Mythicos. And it, it's this is pre 1.4, you know. So right. to me, it's only making that, you know, uh, worse. And I, you know, it's tough because I wish I could see more statistics outside um, right. to help help that point but you know i just i just feel as those two specific changes while like i said in a vacuum aren't bad um together they just really hurt what you want to do with stark i mean for the the design of the faction you know between the mobility and the the aggressiveness it just you know i'm just gonna hold my dog back in in my in, in my uh <laughs> in my deployment zone the whole game and then you know just it's just like activation so you can stay ahead in movement i don't know yeah yeah i mean and it's you, you yeah. do that and walder frey is just gonna say thanks for the free vp you did nothing I oh guess. yeah exactly yeah walder but, doesn't but is there anything in that walder frey is a five point attachment who would be sure doing a wound to a unit which is not anything uh for yeah. a, a unit of 12 but it would be shutting down the ability of a unit or any attachment it has you know, is it worth spending a victory point to neutralize that if you're a Stark player? Well, I mean, I think Walder is is very scary um, as a Stark player. Um, I mean, so he's, he's scary as everything. I'm a Free Folk player, and I'm yeah. like, I don't want to be giving up victory points on my uh, yeah my yeah. Raider units. Like, oh Definitely. god, yeah. Walder is not going to be in every list. He's too expensive for what he does to be an auto include in every list. What, instead, what I predict you're going to see, and this also goes for Jacan, my thoughts are identical with him is you're going to see lists that are built around Walder mm-hmm. rather than just, I have four points, I need an NCU, eh, Varus is a good choice. You're going to start seeing these neutral um, NCUs that are very powerful and expensive. You're going to start seeing them as cornerstones of a list pair. So if I'm playing Lannisters, for example, I'm going to have my beat face, objective holdy, whatever list, and then I'm going to have this auto-wound monster then I'm going to drop into things like giant spam, or I'm going to drop into things mm-hmm. where like, okay, this, this person's playing a weird screwy list. I'm going to throw Walder in there and make them play twice as hard because they have to now think around everything that I could possibly do with Walder kind of pushing that emphasis of just onto the opponent rather than me. Who's playing Walder. I think that makes sense. Yeah. And I mean, it's, and, and just going along with that, like, there are so many things already in the game. And I joked with Brett in the discord uh, a couple of days ago, I'm compiling a list of all things that just do straight up wounds, you know, between abilities, uh, you know, cards and stuff like that. There are so many ways to just inflict wounds without initiating combat in this game or uh, initiating like half a combat where, you know, like Gregor's ability where you just charge in before you even attack, you're dealing D three wounds. So, there's so many things in the game right now that just deal out straight wounds all over the place. 
that it's just so hard for me to justify taking a one or two dogs. You know, I'm sure people out there done three dog lists before, which that's gone. Don't that phase is left. Yeah, that phase. Yeah, is I, I, that I, was yeah. like the early Kickstarter challenge. Where it was like, I got a Kickstarter <laughs> yeah. set. What can I do? Exactly. I got Shaggy Dog. But it's only I had an 11 activation triple direwolf list that I played twice and said, why am I not just playing free folk? <laughs> yeah, there's nothing worse exactly. than a free folk player than sitting down and being like, wait, you have more activations than me. Like, this is ridiculous. I've done it. It was amazing. <laughs> the free folk player looked at me and he was like, what are you doing? And I'm like, hey, hey, I'm sick and tired of you having five extra activations on my on my like four combat drop Stark army I normally play. He still won the game because I'm, all the wolves just died. But yeah. Yeah. I'm just disappointed yeah. that now when I sit down with my trappers, that Stark player with wolves is it just kind of lets out a defeated sigh and isn't like scared anymore. He's just like, Yeah, I'm used to it. Things happen, my dogs. <laughs> it's like, oh, come on. Cheer up. I know. Now oh, you can just trappers trap so cavaliers. And I know yeah. it's a lot of doom and gloom. Uh, you know, I think there are ways to play around some of these things. Maybe not as much as Walder Frey, right? He's just gonna zap it. Yeah, two rounds in a row. Um, but I mean, you could technically, you know, find ways to heal your wolf, things like that. Um, but I, I think you mentioned this earlier is that one of the other shifts, and I think this is actually something that really I personally love is the the contesting by ranks feature, especially as a free folk mm -hmm. player. It adds so many dynamics, but it's something that sets up this sort of a, another layer for the Starks in which a lot of their elements are about doing damage and taking damage that's going to affect their ability to contest and hold zones. Um, you know, is this just another layer that's too much on top of the rank changes? Again, like I said, I think in a vacuum, they're both great. But when you combine the wolf nerf and things like, you know, the whole, basically the entire design of Umber units and your five point kind of utility unit, which is the Sworn Swords, which in its own right is okay, but it's such a swingy unit. It can be also really, ugh, too. Um, yeah. When you take those two very, very important pieces and you basically say, hey, you know, there's, oh man, I, I don't know off the top of my head, but between Great John Umber, Umber Champion, uh, you know, th there is a number of ways to hurt yourself as Stark and cards too. Oh yeah. It, it's just, it's tough. And then like when mage comes into, uh, into, uh, legality as well, her mm -hmm. thing, you know, you suffer. Oh my God. She's still not. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Um, so like there's, there's just like a whole bunch of actually, now I think about it, mage might be to the enemy. So for D3. It is the to the enemy, enemy actually. Right. It's the enemy. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot. Um, but you know, there's so many things where <laughs> the Starks are just doing damage to themselves. And, you know, it just seems so, uh, it's just, it's such a tough blow as a Stark player. Cause you're looking at it like, all right, now how do I play? You know, um, because well, my natural argument to that, and I'm playing devil's advocate here. Cause I agree with everything you're saying. The, the, mm -hmm. the devil's argument here is, well, you have Brendan Tully who has an amazing um, heal wounds whenever you pass a morale test and you've got Ned Stark NCU. Okay. Well, Ned Stark NCU is the worst healing NCU in the game. And Brendan yeah. Tully can only be in one unit. Yeah. It's not exactly. enough. <laughs> it's not and enough. there is a massive switch just to Tully in general. Like I think this is a, a giant, I'm seeing a lot more players now taking Tully sworn shields um you know tully cavalry are awesome people are mm -hmm. talking about those a lot right greg yeah 
feelings on those at all. Greg, Greg is one of the Tully Cavalier naysayers still, but that's we'll get to that in a moment. Instead uh, of playing Cavaliers, it's, I bought it's, a third of shields instead. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, um, you know, so maybe I, I think actually on the Mythico stream a week ago, two weeks ago, there was a, a double Tully Cavalier, Tully Sworn Shield list. Yeah. That might have just been it. Was it four units? I think it was. I mean, it was four units. Um, one of the Sworn Shields had a, uh, what called a Sword Captain, and the other one just had Brendan Tully's commander unit in it. Now, I don't really play Starks, but I always thought the Tully's like, a, that was a really cool sub-faction element. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, I would totally play that. Yeah, um, totally but it, that seems to be a big shift. Well, it's just, it's just, you're putting, you know, I always say this, I've said this phrase a million times in the discord, you're putting the faction in a box, right? So now you're saying, okay, so because their play style is basically torn to shreds because of these counterintuitive, you know, changes. Now you've got these Tully lists, which are basically going to be elite lists just because they work way better that way. Um, it's, very very beneficial to have all tully units there's only two tully units in the game and only one that gives you know currently gives uh affiliation which is just your commander mm -hmm. so if i'm gonna run a four unit list of tullies i'm gonna run either one or two calves i'm gonna run uh you know a sworn shield or two and i'm gonna run a, a great axe depending on what your preference is play style wise but then you start to look at all right now what else can i play from a competitive perspective um, maybe I'll play Eddard. Eddard's still pretty good. Um, but the problem is, is that it's going to be the same type of list. It's going to be hyper elite. You're not going to be able to balance it out well without wolves. Um, and you can't take those wolves because they're too much of a liability, at least right. in my perspective and opinion. So what's the counterpoint? The counterpoint is like, all right, let's go to the other side of the extreme. Now we're just going to go spammy and just play, you know, five, six sworn short swords. Which, at that point, you have so many of those units that you start to make up for the deficiencies that 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 unit has at being like a very like core utility unit. Yeah, sure, they have four, you know, four armor and whatnot, but they can hit hard with all those crit blows. You get two on, you know, you, you basically trap uh, raider them, you stark raider them on a, you know on right. other factions, and that's where it becomes you know. Uh, useful, but if you try to make this like weird balance list, or not weird, but now it's weird, where you're trying to, you know, all right, well, I just want to use one berserker or one great axe and maybe one cav unit, you know, maybe I'll throw a cranog man in there. Um, it just, it's just awkward because it's not powerful. It's just, it can't compete with some of these, you know, lists that are being thrown out that Night's Watch and Free Folk and even Lannister now, you know, it's just, it, it's just, it's tough. It's tough to look at the, Look at Stark and what they have and be like, ah, like, I don't know. What do I do? You know, it's uh, it's frustrating yeah. for sure. And what doesn't help at all is as you're going through all of these units in the back of my head, I kept going. I had these weird alarm bells going off saying, well, that's not all the units in the faction. It's not all. And the reason why is because no one's playing Outriders or Bowmen. They just, yeah. and they, again, in the caveat you've been saying, we are talking about competitive play you know, tournaments, we are looking to min-max at least to a level of expectation. You mm -hmm. are not seeing Outriders or Bowmen being played successfully by a majority of Stark players. I guarantee there's somebody out there who is the Bowman savant, and he has it all figured out, but he's not me. Yeah, exactly. 
Well, I wonder too. We don't have we don't have any announcements officially yet of the Simon uh, National Tournament. Uh, we do know that on the PAX Unplugged website, when you go to register for the convention, which opens on November fifteenth for registering for events, they do have a spot for Song of Ice and Fire, the twenty nineteen U.S. Open National Championship event. I do wonder. It's that one's only got sixteen players in it, and they're going to take, I think, the top four. Uh, it's not really clear in the description, but um, I wonder what we'll see out of the results from there. If we're going to see a, a a balanced spread of things, or do you think with these changes coming out now, only you know five weeks out, six weeks out, um, you think it's going to kind of skew what we see actually getting played competitively? Like, would you? Would you? I know, Chris, you play a lot of Starks. If you were suddenly going to that tournament, would you bring your Starks? Um, not confidently. Um, mm. I, I I think I could field two competitive lists, but they would be super predictable. And by you know round two or three, people would know exactly what I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, there would be not enough variation in my play style just from the fact that I just don't have the utility I need to 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 make it any more varied. Um, you know, I probably would take my neutrals. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> to be honest, okay. yeah. And I yeah. would take free folk. Yeah. You take free folk. Yeah, that, that's the correct if, answer. If I had, if I had to predict out of those top four, it would probably be one free folk, two knights watch, and a, a Lannister. I think mm. there will be someone from free folk that finally breaks through and realizes how amazing they are, and from a in a competitive, uh, you know, setting. Um, oh, something that you and I have talked about quite a bit on the Discord, Chris, is, and we've seen this in, in both large events as well as our local metas, is Nightwatch flooding the top X, you know, top four, top eight, top six, however big your event is. Nightwatch mm-hmm. flooding all of that, but a single skilled Lannister, Free Folk, Stark, neutral player taking the top slot. Um, yeah. Do you still agree with that? A hundred percent. I think that, you know, I, I know they're not going to touch you know, night watch now because it's too early and we're focusing on the uh, initial factions, but the amount of utility and especially with just the, you know, the night watch two heroes for the point costs of some of their attachments, the, the fact that some of, you know, their two and one point attachments get some of the abilities that they do um, is <laughs> crazy. I mean, just look at Alistair Thorne. I mean, uh yeah. <laughs> he is so good at any cost and insight on a two-point unit i mean wow <laughs> you know with ranged and melee which is a rarity in this game yeah and, you know sworn brothers at six points exactly with I mean, critical doesn't blood situation doesn't hurt that's a, that's a <laughs> great unit high school yeah yeah yeah, I agree. Nightwatch is in a solid place. Like they're not they're not overpowered, they're not overtuned. No, they're, no. they're very easy to pick up and have a, a, a like the example I use all the time is my fiance is not a huge war gamer. She dabbles, she rolls some dice, she enjoys playing. I could put a Nightwatch mm-hmm. army in her hands and she could go and win a game at a competitive like she could go to Adepticon with me. I could give her Nightwatch, she will win a game over that weekend, I'm luring the game the day before in the hotel. Nightwatch mm-hmm. is really easy to pick up and be able to be successful with what they want to do. Not every faction is that way. Yeah. It's a it's a less less extreme slanesh right now, if anyone gets that <laughs> reference. <laughs> uh, but you know, at the same time, aren't we seeing though in some of the event data that it does it has a, a maybe a lower floor 
but um, you know, they get into those end qualifiers, but we're not seeing a lot of Night's Watch players seal the deal over everybody, right? Um, yeah. I just don't really have the same playmakers, although the Heroes 2 box has added a lot, I can say. I that, I guess. The Scorpion and the Builder Stone Thrower have a lot to do with that going forward as well. Um, and the reason for that is when you were looking at the core box plus Heroes 1, like kind of the early Nightwatch stuff, like Chris has been talking about with Starks, it was a variation on the same idea. We're going to bring some Sword Bros as the spine of the list. We're going to sit on objectives and beat you down. But now going forward with the builder stuff, the scorpion, the crossbows, and the stone thrower, suddenly I can bring a sworn bro swarm list and I can bring this like gunline war machine. And if my opponent picks the wrong option, thank you for the game. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and that too, the House Bolton Blackguard is like a, a cheaper veterans. Um, you know, it's not quite yeah. the same rule, it's not quite as elite, but you got a pretty defensive bunker right there for you know only six points instead of eight. Yeah, I mean, um oh, man, the, the black guard are Lannister's best friends, and we're gonna see the meta shift to Tywin Black Guard very soon. And you can you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> <laughs> and we've been talking about on the table has been talking about Tywin's black guard for a long time now. <sighs> Uh, well, I mean, we there was originally it was the Kickstarter. I mean, it, that unit has been so long oh, and coming. Uh, I, but time I think where that unit was and where it is now is just yeah, so funny. But I'm also disappointed uh, though because it's like what what do we have now? Because before it was the Blackguard and it was Tully Cavaliers, and every like couple weeks someone would pull up this photo of the Tully Cavaliers and be like, hey. I found this picture of yeah. these the stats for it, and they're like there are rules on it that are like aren't even rules in the game anymore. Yeah. And now they're they're all here. Like, what's the next like mythical beast? Is there some sort of uh I can tell you, know, you exactly what it is, and it's still from the Kickstarter. Remember, the Greyjoy and Martell house logos are on the cover oh, of the Oh yeah. Oh, that's all true. Right, we, we gotta start yeah. that. They gotta we gotta find some old like alpha card of that somewhere and some some Greyjoy swordsman can, or sailor or something. And pull his others um, templates and just make them ourselves. Oh, I feel like that uh. would not give us goodwill to the community. <laughs> I we actually got like angry people from the others uh, stuff. And, like, really? Realized it was a joke. Uh, oh my god! So I, if we did like a legit fake like Greyjoy card, I I can only imagine. So <laughs> yeah. Wait until viewers see what you have cooked up for next April Fools. It's true. Oh, oh yeah. Gosh. The tradition. I <laughs> it's gonna be yeah we'll do a uh, karth or something though the warlocks faction or who knows oh that would be but. great and all they do is like um as an as like a once per game ability you can flip their card and they like turn into an attachment your opponent has on the field they're just like just the mirror faction yes <laughs> ever you just put empty trays with numbers on them and only three of the numbers out of six is like an actual unit god who knows we'll be ridiculous on that but you know that <laughs> reminds me of the Stark situation. The Stark situation. <laughs> so, you know, the 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 other component then here is, um, you know, uh, I remember way back when we had Fabio come on, he was like, yeah, a lot of people start complaining about things. And like, the first thing I do is like, get good. Um, is this a situation where the new start, the new scenarios in any way, like offset this or, or um, help the Starks? Um, we saw some reworks to things like the Game of Thrones mode where they have the center objective now is a, is that static card for two points. You know, Feast for Crows got totally overhauled. Fire and Blood now, um, you know, reworked significantly as well. You know, does any of the faction design get preserved or saved in, in, or softened by these new scenarios? Or are you just not really seeing that? Oh, Fire and Blood 
is currently sticking out to me significantly. Um, mm-hmm. This is, again, reinforcing the points that Chris has made, um, which is Starks want to play a very different way. So my personal play style with Starks, I am the four drop guy. My cheapest unit is eight points because I'm bringing double berserkers, double tollies with generics. That's just how I play Starks. Fire and Blood with Starks is super easy to look your opponent across the table and say, I don't care what you mark. Everything in my army really wants to dice, and I will make you pay for it. I hate that. Yeah. I realized I came to the realization. I'm like, man, I just always seem to struggle on this mode. I've complained about it for like episodes and episodes. And I just realized recently, like that's what it is when I'm playing free folk. uh, I'm basically just having too many easy options for my opponent. And when I'm playing against them and, you know, say I've got 10 units and they've got four, I'm like, well, I, I guess the best thing I could do is give it to your great axes because the other choices are even worse. Oh, no. But, but it's like, no, that is the worst, right? It's like yeah. you got like two great axes, two berserkers. I mean, it's like, I, you know, I guess the berserkers. You can't it. win there. Yeah. Whereas yeah, like exactly. I've got some crappy unit getting marked. Uh, and so I realized it's like, you know, maybe I need to be starting to build like elite lists as free folk. I don't really know. But yeah, but so you're talking about not taking wolves on, on this either then. Uh, um, and I don't know if Chris would agree with this one because we haven't talked about it that much. But when I approach uh, two list format list building, I don't really think about like faction counters that much. I think mm-hmm. more about game modes. Um, yeah. And with Starks, I will very, very often bring a very combat focused elite list. My, my go to blender list is actually double berserkers, double totally sworn shields led by Ramsey. Um, and oh, trust me, putting Roos Bolton and a unit of Berserkers to give them the Bolton affiliation is great because when Berserkers charge you 21 to 35 inches away, Roos hands you a panic token as part of the charge. So you have no real window of opportunity to remove that panic token that I'm again immediately going to expend with Ramsey's card, Our Blades Are Sharp, to give my Berserkers two extra dice so suddenly you have 12 Berserkers who probably also have Critical Blow from Roderick and maybe even Vicious if I need, like, that's just a train. Yikes. But yeah. it's a four-drop list, and I played it into a, a variation of the Tyrion Barris Lannister control list, and boy, my wings got clipped. I, I think I played hmm. one card across yeah. the four rounds it took for them to beat me 10 to one i just got completely destroyed because i had no responses to that level of control yeah yeah i think if you just look at you know it's i think i i think this will apply the further i look into it to other factions but specifically with stark like fire and blood is just insanity for them in a good way right now but then you look at Clash of Kings and you're like, okay, this is where it's going to start to get weird again with the dogs. Mm-hmm. I could never, ever think about taking a dog in Clash of Kings because now the characters come back. Right. Assuming, now there's no ruling on this, but assuming I have to redeploy them, I guess there's no rule saying you have to redeploy the unit, but. You know, assuming you do have to redeploy them at some point, you're talking um, about a two wound right now, Chris. What's up? Are you looking I'm up in mode right now? Um, beginning in round two on their turn, instead of activating a unit, a player may instead deploy a combat unit from reserve. Okay. So it is uh, interesting. Yeah. So either way, though, they're only getting in the game once right. <laughs> if you actually take them, because I'm not 
any shape, way, or form putting dogs out on the table in a game mode where there's swinginess of where you can deploy and the fact that you can deploy without activation banners with two wound unit that cost one VP, it's just never going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, so you Quick can just point. basically count. Yeah, go ahead. Quick point in Clash of Kings. If a unit has an ability that grants additional victory points from being destroyed, it only triggers the first time they're destroyed. Yes, but that does not count for dogs because it's not on their, it's not an ability for them. It's just their one VP. Oh. Yeah. So, yeah, sit on a shelf and look pretty. Yeah. So, in the case of like a Rickon, yes, that would be one time. Oh, man. Uh, I did not realize that. I thought it was. I thought that was a safe thing. They die once. Yeah, every no. time they die, that's every time they die, they cost and they're gonna die three, four, five times. Yeah, it, it would just be it, it would be a massacre. It'd be a dog massacre. I wouldn't even pay attention to the other units. I wouldn't pay attention to the game mode. I'll just try to go dog hunting the whole time. You know, <laughs> what's the but, what's the 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 plus side in all of this? Is there now with controlling objectives, they can hold a objective and have it their ranks equal their wounds i don't ranks of two i don't know what what is there a silver lining to any of this (laughs) with the dogs i i have yet to see one i think the Mm -hmm. big silver lining is not really a silver lining it's more like you're gonna see attachments and commanders that you know haven't gotten a lot of play competitively like brendan tully who is in his own right a, a very solid commander just was outmatched by things like Ned and Rob and stuff. In fact, I think Rob is actually dropped very far down the list um, because of these changes um, for a whole other set of reasons. But, um, you know, you get to play other things, I guess. (laughs) You get to utilize some of the stuff in your, on your shelf that hasn't been touched that much. Um, You know, I, I just think, like I said, it all comes from a philosophical problem that, Stark's the way the Stark faction was presented to us mm-hmm. from Simon, these cards and the commanders and their abilities, all these changes are just very counterintuitive to the way the play style that you know is being presented in front of us. Where I don't think a lot of the other factions are are very minimally getting uh their play styles affected right. by that. You know, that's what hurts. It's like the, the actual yeah. facts and identity sort of feels like a little bit of a bait and switch. Yeah. The hard part is like this is, you know, we don't know when 1.5 is coming out. Some of this may be addressed. Um, but also I feel like they've been we've been hearing a lot of hype for 1.5 for a while now. And uh, you know, I hope expectations are getting too high. And maybe some of these things are being changed because of other changes that will be happening. I don't know. You would like to hope discussion. Um, I'm really happy that we got this 1.4 tweak on October 18th, I think is when they dropped it. I'm really, really happy. Um, I listened to the episode of uh, um, Big Top Gaming's uh, Brian, with his show, uh, A Game of Ice and Thrones. Mm-hmm. Ice and mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, listen to the episode where you came on and they talk about 1.5 significantly. It's a really good discussion um, with very different viewpoints from other like um, uh, war gamers who come from different backgrounds. It's a really good discussion. Everyone should go listen to it if they haven't. But they talk about 1.5, and the big point they kept bringing home is the TO kept going, do we play 1.5? we play 1.4? Like, I don't even know what to do events or, like, play right. Yeah. Now we have a game where almost everything has been touched, has been brought to a 1.4 update. 
like as of now. Almost everything has been looked at, has been touched. The entire rule book got looked over. All the game modes, except for fire and uh, except for one of them, got touched. Like the game is currently sitting in a very playable 1.4 state. So mm-hmm. while I'm looking forward to 1.5, I don't. I have a lot less of that reservation of like, well, do we play the beta game modes? Like, what do we do? Right, right. The game oh, is God. playable state. Yeah. And I really think that a lot of these 1.4 tweaks and alterations were also uh, solving problems for Baratheons before Baratheons hit tables. The contest. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting point. Yeah. With Baratheons being slow when back in the day before these changes it was the first one to the objective wins you're you're not going to kill me in enough time to get back on the point to i'm just going to be ahead of you now with Mm -hmm. baratheons i'll get i'll get there in turn three and then you're never going to control that objective ever again i hope you enjoyed the one or two point you got off it before my stag knights got here and refused to die and just kept beating you into the dust Mm. yeah yeah yeah, I do, I, and but at the same time, it does. I I am curious, and I I do have major reservations for one point five. I just I, I as of yet have not been disappointed with the way that Simon has handled and Michael and the team has handled some of you know the more you know ri- ridiculous adverse adversities they've had to <laughs> deal yeah. with in the community. Um, you know, Michael is notoriously a huge troll, and we love him, but. I do, I do have faith in their team. I do, you know, I'm not here to come out here and bash and be like, oh, they don't know what they're doing. Ah, GW syndrome. You know, it's yeah. like they know what they're doing, and I have some faith in them. I just communication is always big for me, um, especially in a community as dedicated as this community is becoming. I just want to have some foresight on why some of these changes are going to make sense, even if it's not specifically dropping 1.5 teases. Just give me the confidence that, hey, you know, there's other changes that are going to make this make sense. And I think they've kind of implied that. But, you know, for the wolf thing, I'm not sure that that's, I think, you know, it's hard for me to say that that's not it. Like, that's the way it's going to be, you know? You know, I I don't know what the answer is. That's the problem. You know, I, it's don't get me wrong. I, there's a lot of complaining on my part, or or criticism, I should say. But I don't actually have an answer. I right. can't say that I do because you know you add insignificant to a wolf now. Okay, um, instead of uh, instead of one VP, then okay. Uh, you know, does that help? Well, Walder Frey would still have the same effect. Exactly. That's the thing. So like, I don't have an answer, and I don't know what they do you know and i don't even know if they look at it as a problem but clearly they don't because they implemented the change but do you think uh i don't know if you saw in the last post the uh designer notes they put in there did you like that format is it you know seeing their like their thoughts and commentary on why some of these changes went through even if maybe they're not as developed as you would have liked or uh maybe didn't agree with it's a step in the right direction. I mean, there's there's you know there's no argument that it's a step in the right direction. I think seeing some of their thought process of as a design team, as a play team and stuff like that, um, can kind of help us as a community uh kind of figure out what their thought process is and how to react to the things that they present us with a little better. Um, so I do like the format and I think it's a step in the right direction. Yeah, that's all I can say about that. I definitely agree with that. Um, Simon, Michael, Fabio, if you guys are listening, 
that article was great. You dropped it at a good at a good time. Um, it it created a lot of good discussion in the community. Like this, it was it created a significant amount of non the sky is falling discussion because we've had a lot yeah. of the sky is falling discussions. I'm sure we'll talk about giants at some point during this. That article created a lot of very good discourse across multiple different forums of the community, and it was very non-knee-jerk reactionary. I, do, yeah. I think it was great. I would love to see more of that. I don't know how far they should go because there comes a point where they're, you know, just drop the PDFs and say, everyone's a playtester, go nuts. I think that's too far. Yeah, that, yeah, I, I agree. It's too far. Um, kind of a thing. And <laughs> also, I think I have an answer for your direwolf problem. Mm-hmm. I have a I have a suggested plan that I'd like to get your feedback on. All right, let's, let's hear it here. All right, take the three start kits, drop them all by one point. So Rob and Brandon Hodor are now two points. This is all their versions. Uh, well, Commander Drops is still free, um, and then Rickon is one point. Make the Direwolves themselves each one point, and give them insignificant. Here's the other big thing: Jon Snow has Bond Ghost. Give the Stark kids Bond their direwolf as well. Now, if you don't remember what Bond does, what Bond says is when this unit activates, Ghost may activate before or after this unit takes its action. So this is going to enhance the mobility and activation economy that direwolves are supposed to give you. And in Starks, that can actually be a pretty big deal. By giving the direwolves insignificant, yes, Walder Frey is going to turn that off but he's one of the only auto wounds right. that does turn off insignificant that actually encourages to have more play of Walter Frey. But I think it's going to be significantly helpful for dire wolves like into everything else. Again, if you're playing into free folk, okay, you don't have a thing that has an auto wound and turns off insignificant. Mm -hmm. uh, and what I also like yeah. about making all of the attachments cheaper, but making the dire wolves one point is I could easily see a time where I would pay two points for Rob but I wouldn't pay the point for Great Wind. Oh, so you wouldn't have to feel that. It's like a bonus. Yeah, I mean, it, I don't think that would change. It's it's like that way now. But, but now Rob, three points. And if if I bring Rob at three points and my list is 41. Hmm. Oh, hmm. I mean, I don't. I, flexibility. Like, I, I don't think it would like fully fix a direwolf problem, but I think it would be helpful to nudge them back into um, equilibrium. Well, I, I guess if you look at the fact that Stark units are so costly as it is, I think it is an interesting kind of fix because you are saying, hey, you're going to get a wolf that can do some you know, extra stuff, but it's going to cost you a point in your list building in an already expensive army. So I right. think that's enough of a deterrent to, to make it them not auto include all the time, but also, you know, there are ways to turn off their insignificant, just like Raiders, just like, you know, trappers, whatever. Um, I think that's an interesting concept or at least the start of one. I would agree with the start of one. Um, I, I, I lean over to bond because bond is a great little tool that John has with ghost. Now yeah. what everybody remembers from bond is, is actually ghost's ability where you yeah. can't. <laughs> yeah. I have nightmare. I, I still sometimes wake up with a cold sweat and I'm like, I, Oh God. I had to check that that wasn't part of bond because I had the two of them mesh together in my head so hard, but no, it is. That is ghost's ability. By the way, he's still the best dire wolf in the game. He will still see play. I don't care. He's worth a point. Now ghost is incredible. 
because he does auto wounds, he auto kills ghosts, and he kills scorpions and giants and things like that. And he can turn off orders and tactics cards. He's great. Um, but by giving the start kid bond, like let's take Rickon for example. Rickon is actually my favorite wolf kid. I actually do enjoy playing Rickon with Osha and Shaggy Dog. Um, mm-hmm. Suddenly, I'm looking at Rickon being a point, Osha being free. Okay, at that point, I'm paying a point for Osha. Osha's ability is really interesting, especially in a unit like Blackguard um, or Great Axes, where I also have Ned Stark as NCU to top me back over that rank level. Um, so mm-hmm. you can use her ability multiple, multiple, multiple times. Um, Osha is really oppressive in a unit of Tully's Sworn Shields with Brendan Tully as your commander somewhere else because then you have so much healing between Ned and, and uh, Brendan that you can make Osha pop off four, five, six times in game. That's a lot of auto wounds. Mm-hmm. And then you also have Shaggy, who is Vicious. Okay, well, if I don't need Vicious or if I don't need the extra activation, I would consider paying a point for Rickon and Osha, but I may not pay that point for Shaggy all of a sudden you're getting into more complicated list building decisions. It's not just, I brought a start kit. Okay. Just toss the wolf in. Like doesn't AOSI builder just auto include them in your list. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, they do. Yeah. Okay. So it's not even a choice. You just, just plop the damn thing in your list, but if they cost a point. You okay. Get, hmm, interesting. Well, and, and then it also opens up interesting design space. What if Arya gets a version of her where she gets Nymeria and Nymeria is two points. Hmm. What hmm. Nymeria look like? Maybe she's a five wound direwolf. Maybe she has dice. <laughs> like it opens yeah, up a giant killer design space. Yeah, interesting idea. I don't know. I mean, but I mean, I think there's a, there is that design space still there and available. It'll be it, interesting it, to see where they go with this. There's lots of options. Um, and the, the big takeaway, um, like this is like the, the summing it up whole section. The big takeaway is I, I would not recommend anyone put Stark on the shelf. I wouldn't recommend anyone not take them to a tournament. Like you're not going to lose a tournament because you're playing Starks. No. You just have a little bit. I'm talking like 10% more that you have to overcome with this. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, we, like, I think Chris, you said this before too. It, it is also it's a it's a it's a slight shift. It's like a fifteen percent shift in a direction away from a playstyle that people were playing before. And so some people are totally unaffected by this. Their strategies are going to remain mostly the same. For some people who really leaned heavily into the wolves, you know, this is a big shakeup. Yeah, and I think when you look at it um, with two players, two competent players at a competitive table, I mean generally what their play style is or is not is going to shift based on the meta. And then if the meta starts to evolve away from the play style, like the the changes are dictating, then you're going to see a lot of stuff that's just not played. And for me, you know, I don't want to say that's bad game design because that's, that's a little harsh, but that's Mm -hmm. unfortunate because I want everything to be viable in a, in a, in a certain, uh, you know, a, a certain format or game mode or instance, you know, I want to be able to build my list with tough decisions and not just say, Hey, this is the best stuff we got. You can't even put that stuff in the list. You know, here are my two lists. You always know what's going to come out. You know, I feel like other factions have so much more opportunity to do that, to vary their lists, and Stark was at that point, but now with these changes, it's kind of boxing them in a little bit. So I'm just curious and hopeful and Stark players, trust me, the sky's not falling, 
Like I said, that Brendan Tully list is very strong. Stark Sworn Sword spam is very viable. Um, if Flint not, with Mags can still get work done. It takes a lot of skill to pull it off, but I've seen yeah. some players just roll tables yeah. with Howland uh, and a bunch of Kranimax. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And oh, man, we didn't even talk about the NCU commander thing because, wow. Yeah, we didn't even talk about that. Howland and the and game like, mode. The other thing that I really wanted, <laughs> I wanted to talk about Neutral Heroes too, and get your thoughts on Dario and Vargo and what they might bring to Starks. I think they bring so much. Just I, th- that's just the short answer. But like, my short answer is Dario has a place in every single faction. Like, oh, he's yeah. just replacing Ramsey for me. Oh yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Not running. in every faction. Well, well, don't forget about us, free folk. Free folk, yeah. <laughs> no, I just Dario. <laughs> I, I might have been like, the least excited of any of the the players for the Neutrals too. I They're know, all awesome, I but I'm know. like, oh, maybe it'll be fun to paint. Oh, chase. You, you can you can sit in the corner and talk about free folk all you want and and we'll talk about neutral too for like Something an hour like and a half and be super yeah. excited about it well we yeah. might have to save some of that for another episode i think we're getting close up to time here but yeah but, um, my quick takeaway with dario is i've been playing a lot of ramsey and stark and it's you can make it work it's it, it, it's kind of like stabbing yourself to stab them harder you can make it work dario he loves the Starks because he shows up and goes, oh, I know this Roos- I know this Ramsey guy. I can do the exact same thing. But instead of stabbing me in the gut, I'm just going to stab him a third time. Um, <laughs> is, oh, geez. Forced March and Swift Advance should not exist in the same deck. And I'm so yeah, excited. That's going to be scary. That is just insane combo. And with Catelyn, you could just remove that condition token. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's going to be scary. Well, maybe we can get some of this on the next Mythicos live stream. So that's 730s on Thursday, Eastern Standard Time. We got to get you guys as soon as we can one of those neutral hero boxes so that we can we can see some of these on the table. Yes, I can't wait. And as soon as we get our hands on them, I will be putting together some lists, uh, both with Stark in them and uh, with Pure Neutral. So. so let us know on our On the Table Gaming Facebook page, the... Were we way off base or, you know, Starks are too OP and uh, they haven't gone far enough. The Wolves should be worth two victory points each or maybe even three. Uh, or, you know, how have your games been going? <laughs> Leave us a comment. Let us know. And uh, hopefully as we see some more of these games come out, we'll see, you know, where this really settles. We're still kind of early in, right? These changes are somewhat recent. Um, as more games come under our belts, we're going to know, you know, I get a better idea of how things are, are really leveling out. But the Mythico stream every Thursday, that's a great place to go with it. Make sure you're staying in touch with us on our Facebook page for On the Table Gaming. And then on the On the Table Discord, we're having a lot of these great discussions. There's some crazy, every time I pop my head in there, there's some sort of like crazy experiment <laughs> going in where it's like, what if we can make a, 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 a list that uses like only like random damage that's like rolling for wounds? And what would that look like? Um, but we're having a lot of fun. And you can be, a, if you're a Patreon, you can jump on in the On the Table Gaming and hang out with all these guys. So check us out on our Patreon as well. And uh, guys, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thank you for having us, man. It's always, always a great time. Agreed. And, it's always fun chatting with you. And, yep. uh, you know, in the meantime, I hope you get your miniatures on the table. <laughs>